Minnesota Timberwolves fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about a two-and-two week. Not so good, okay? We call it Living in Loserville because, hey, aren't we living in Loserville sports-wise? We're not an overly negative bunch, so just don't get your panties in a bunch. Now, anyway, we're going to talk about it, man. Two-and-two on the week. It had been since... Game three, really game one and game three, uh, since losing to teams that have, I guess Toronto didn't have a losing record at that time. But if you look at it now, we hadn't lost to losing teams in a while. Now, we figured it was going to happen. Both of us thought it was going to happen this week. We didn't necessarily think it was going to happen twice. Um, you know, So we're going to break down some of this stuff, the fourth quarter meltdowns, the turnovers, Besides Cat, did come down as a whole, as a unit. But still, man, that fourth quarter has just been ugly of late. It's almost like if we don't get the big lead, we're way better in the fourth quarter. If we get this lead, it's like we, we just, eh, we'll be good. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk it through and uh, kind of give our notes on, on the week in general. Um, talk about, you know, what was good, what was bad. All that type of thing. Then, of course, we do have a, a, a game coming up. It's about to tip uh, without Conley resting that sore hamstring um, against Oklahoma City. And then we got three home games, Dallas, Orlando, and Houston. So we got to protect that home. Um, we don't have a back-to-back this week, so that's nice. So we'll definitely get into this. And then we finish the show with the Golden Gophers, who finally stopped the bleeding. Hopefully they can work on that. If this is your first time listening to the Living and Loser Mill podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope You can find this here podcast in a variety of ways under rope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Download the podcast app, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Living in Loserville, Spricker page. Check that out. While you're at it, head on over to thegrillingtruth.com, Sports News 24. And one more thing, direct TV stream, leader in sports on Sunday in every day. Okay? you got to check out that direct TV Sports Central. It gives fans access to everything in all one convenient place. Direct TV stream, get the best in streaming TV, stream the live sports on-demand shows, and the must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere, Across your favorite devices for a limited time, the choice package we're talking about eighty three ninety nine a month for the first two months. That's a savings of fifty dollars. It's a choice package. Check it out, Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in Aaron, my co-host. Kind of funny how Aaron, we were worried about two separate teams, and uh, well, we were worried for a pretty good reason, my friend. Yeah, we always wondered if we were at the point where we could kind of just write down uh, teams against uh, games against under 500 teams or wins, and uh, we're not quite there yet. And looking at the standings here, it's really tough up at the top. At number four, you got the Nuggets at 32 and 15, winners of the last one. And the surging Clippers at three, 30 and 14, five wins in a row. Chris, they're coming up hard. And then tonight, like you said, we got to kick tip off with the Thunder. Who are tied with us at 32 and 14? We're 46 games into the season. Both have lost one. 
And we're coming up on the break here, Chris. So things are, you know, like you said earlier off air, um, we're at a point where we can afford a little bit of adversity. Um, but as long as that's something that gets fixed and like you said, the turnovers are down now, but we're starting to have this, we're still with the slow starts. We're still with a slow starts to the fourth quarter and, you know, the turnovers aren't gone, gone, but they're, you know, they've reduced and ants, I think going through a transition here of trying to figure out what to do to close the game. And I think the whole team is actually trying to figure out what to do to close games. And, um, you know, when you're close, like we were in San Antonio and we'll get to it. You know, it's bad possessions again, um, and just losing to Charlotte where it's going to be a track meet. And I don't know if we're built for a track meet, Chris, with Rudy and, and Nas and and uh, Cat, although Cat's pretty good in transition. But, yeah, I thought we'd get three of the four. We ended up getting two out of the four. And I th- was more upset about the loss to Charlotte than I was about the loss to San Antonio. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair on many levels. And when you look at it, you know, the Charlotte game, 15-point lead. Brooklyn game came down to the wire. We had an 11-point lead. San Antonio on Saturday, 10-point lead. It literally, when you look at the beginning of the season, man, we were so good in clutch games because they were tight. Either we were down a little bit, they were down a little bit. Even in the games, we may be down five, six points. Once we overtook them, we'd, we'd stretch it out. But this is, was starting to creep up on us. I remember uh, not long ago in that Clippers game, we highlighted that, yeah, we won the game. But we had a lead 17-11. Like, we had a lead deep in that fourth quarter. It was a one-possession game, three-point game. So, yeah, that was a little rough. That was a little rough. And, and, and let's start uh, with – with that Charlotte game, um, you know, a lot of – the fourth quarter defense was, was rough, no doubt about it. 36-18, they were outscored. Um, it, it, it was it was ugly in many ways. Um, and, and it was really stand around and either watch Cat or feed Cat. Um, Cat hunted points the team hunting assist. It was really, and they admitted it, especially, and he came on and said it like, Hey, you know, once he started hitting, it was six or six, dude, we were trying to get him to a hundred. And, uh, it was a great performance, right? And, and you see this happening, but you're not up by even 17. You're definitely not up by like 23. It's a five point game at half. So, you know, it's like, well, hold on now. You know, we're not at this stage, especially when we're playing an offensive team like that. You gotta not do that. And this is, uh, this is Edwards, the honest Edwards at all times. Just trying to get him. Yeah, for sure. He hit the first six or seven. I think everybody pretty much is just trying to get him to a hundred. I know I was. And Cat was, uh, or Ant took one shot, but did have like 10 assists. Um, there often, but I think he was kind of overcompensating for all the turnovers prior. But, you know, they got their shit together like the last chunk of the third when they weren't just trying to feed Cat and that type of thing. And what do you know? They, they built a nice little lead. Um, but, yeah, I, we're starting to fall apart. This stat, 24-2 and two, when, we, when, we, when there's a 10-point lead in the game prior to that game. And so now it is come back. And just in general, I mean, it, it, it was just stand around 
and hunt it. And don't get me wrong, that first half, 43 points, he was 4-17. It was the highest uh, first half since 96-97. It was fun to watch. And I have seen, um, you know, other teams hunt and all that. that. That's part of human nature. But when it's a five-point game, you got to tighten up and still win this game. And I think they let their guard down once they got that that 15-point lead and had that lead going in the fourth quarter. I think you're right. You know, I understand the want to get the 100 points or, or just get Cat, you know, a bunch of clout. But you got to decide, you know, like you said, it's a five-point game. Do you want the game or do you want the clout? What is it that you're after here? Uh, you know, Cat, it was fun to watch Cat rack up the points and all that. And, and, and But, you know, Anthony's still got to score, like you said. He's still got to play defense. He's still got to watch out for runs being made. And, um, as great as it is to put up all those points, I think you'd feel a lot better if you came away with a W. Um, and maybe they thought, well, we can drop one here, get Cat some pub, and, and do this. Maybe that's what they thought. But, that, you know, each one of these games is going to come. Like I just put out with the standings, it's tight up there at the top. Uh, of the Western Conference, and if you're going to hold on to your spot in that top four, you know, you need to watch every game, and you can't afford to, to just drop one to get Cat 60-some or 70-some or whatever. You need to be able to to win these games. Now, I'm not upset about it. I'm not throwing bricks at the TV or anything like that. I'm just, you know, when it comes down to a game 82 is done, you know, you're going to wish you had that one back um, mm. most likely unless you run away with the, with the conference, and I don't think that's going to happen. The Clippers are no. coming. You know, Denver's going to be there. Um, we got to battle just to get a top four seed. Right. And that's kind of the goal, right? Because we're not thinking championship this year. We're thinking get four seed maybe. Get to the yep. second round, you know. Yeah. Just be better than you were last year. It's a progress. You still got young players, relatively young cats, still in his, probably in his prime now, I would say. Mm-hmm. Anthony's about to hit it. So there's time there, but you have to, you know, make these incremental steps. And, you know, yay for cat on the points. Uh, I get the human nature trying to pump someone up, but. He said, "You're gonna, you're gonna come back." Remember last year, there was a couple games that Detroit game we dropped would have made a big difference. So each game yeah. matters here. You can't just go out and give a clout game up like that. And I think they'll learn that. Yeah, I mean, if you're up by 25, yeah, you're gonna get. You know, everybody heat checks from time to time, or like you said, when when it's when a when a it happens to every team. But you've got to know when to turn that thing off once it's a tight game, you know. And and there is something to be said about these leads, and it's not just against the bad teams. It's the good teams, too. Um, it's breaking down, but the defense was bad. If you look at that fourth quarter, um, seven missed threes in the fourth and then multiple other drive attempts that they came up short, okay? So um, they, 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 they were missing shots. They didn't play good enough defense. I know a lot of people were like, what's going on? You take – Ant out for two or cat out for two minutes down the stretch of that game. You know, if you're in an offensive game, you probably should have kept him in, but that's not what lost the game. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just overall no ball uh, containment, just everything. The defense was bad. Even Rudy was mediocre on defense. And that's saying something. Uh, um, you had a lot of people standing around. Cat was trying, you know, was either you know getting fed and, and shooting. Because a lot of them were wide open, but then if everyone's standing around, you start to force them too, and so that could have played in to the amount of turnovers. So that's established, right? It's the Timberwolves' fault that they lost the game. Now, I will say this. 
watching the actual game that fourth quarter here, you know, there's an eye test, right? We a lot of times boxing has to do with an eye test, right? But it looked like it just a, like I said, the Wolves are responsible first and foremost. Okay, defense was atrocious. We get all that for sure. But when you watch some of those non calls in the fourth quarter, it was just like what the fuck is going on? Like way worse than it normally is. And then we get the two minute report, and they missed nine in the last two minutes, not the fourth quarter, the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, nine different calls. The other one they missed, they didn't miss the call, so there was ten wrong calls or missed calls. One of them was just they they gave it to the wrong player for Charlotte. But it was six missed calls for the Timberwolves and three missed calls there So for Charlotte. So right there, that could have been the difference. And then, you're watching the game, and you see, like literally most people I talked to said, not only did Cat get fouled on the play, he got fouled twice. And sure enough, at the 5.4 second mark or whatever, foul did get called. Four point second mark, still in the same play. Two fouls, they couldn't find one of them to call. You start adding that up at the free throw line, and that's probably the game. It shouldn't have came down to that with that lead and all that. It is their fault. But my goodness gracious, that was just freaking bad, dude. I mean, that was really bad. Well, that's it, man. Like you just said, like we're not whiners, but the two-minute report said what it said. Oh, my son's talking. Um, and He's pissed off, too. He's at it. <laughs> but, you know, I was going to say, you know, last year, year before, you you were complaining about Cat not getting calls, and Cat was complaining about Cat not getting calls. And, you know, we weren't in top four of the West, so it's like, okay, well, that's happening. And we just kind of didn't mention it much or didn't talk about it much, but realized that Cat's not getting calls. But we thought it's because of his attitude, it's because of what he does, and maybe if he changes that, he'll start getting calls. Well, he's changed his attitude quite a bit, still not getting calls. And, you know, I'm not that picky, but if you're going to the rim, and, and this is for Ant and Cat, uh, yes. When you're doing stuff around the rim and you're not getting and ones, that's 10, 12 points a, a night that you're losing. Um, and gets hacked a lot. Almost every layup he's on the ground sometimes because that's how he did the layup. Other times because he got hacked pretty bad and they're just missing calls everywhere. Now, if I miss nine calls in the last two minutes at my job, I'm not. You know, I'm not working there anymore. So these refs are interesting in the NBA. You better have a strong union, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm getting a little sick of watching Ant come off the ground and there's no whistle um, or make an amazing shot around the hoop and right. get hacked and no call. Um, it's been going on for Cat forever. And like you said, off air, Chris, he's lanky and sometimes his body movements, you know, that might be something to throw you off a little bit. Uh-huh. But sometimes it's just obvious, even Rudy getting hacked up a lot, too. And you're not getting the, those important and one calls or even on a miss getting sent to the free throw line for free throws. And that was the difference in, I think, in that Charlotte game, um, those missed six calls and the, you know, pre, the preceding free throws that would have been. Um, that's enough to win you that game. I don't want to get conspiratorial, but it's like that, you know. Those calls changed that the outcome of that game uh, for whatever reason, and 
it's to the point now where, you know, we, maybe Finch should do something about it. I, I don't know. He says a lot in his pressers, but what can he really do besides, like you said, get some technicals, be a little bit yeah. more de- demonstrative about it. Uh, maybe getting a little hot water with the NBA. I mean, you got to do something, <laughs> yeah, something to get that to change. It kicked out of the game. Something, you know, just so, an eye opener for the league and the, and the officials that, Hey, you know, you're not going to take these games from my guys anymore. Or, you know, at least you're going to hear about it, you know. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, the NBA. Um, and like you said, maybe it's a respect issue. Maybe they got to win, get out of the first round of playoffs, start getting a little bit of calls. But I really thought Anthony, of all people, deserves uh, some of these calls and just not getting them, Chris. And I'm just beginning to wonder uh, why that is. Yeah, and that said, it is, you know, this, this week his turnovers did go down. That first game, sure, he, he was overcompensating as far as uh, you don't see it much, but assist hunting, right? But other than that, you know, he had a pr- pretty good week. The Brooklyn game at the end was a little funky, but that Washington game, man, he, he got to the free throw line 14 times and hit 13 of them. We gritted out that win, it, you know, just kind of opened up the lead. I think it was 33-19 to 19, uh, in the third quarter. Um, and, and, you know, for once, at one point late in the game, is 29 to 2 points off turnovers in favor of the Wolves. Ant started hot, 15 points. I think he had that in the second quarter. Third quarter, Cat went off. Um, they definitely found their groove. And Rudy had a great game that game. I mean, that was, uh, that was really impressive. Um, and then that Brooklyn game, you know, Cat had a huge fourth quarter, and overall, uh, the team defense was awesome. When you look at what Ant did with his feet, shutting it down, and then Rudy as uh, well on that play, but mostly Ant uh, late. He put him put the guy out damn near out of bounds in that late defense. That was big. It's kind of crazy though because you know we're up eighty six to seventy four. Um, you know it was eighty one to seventy four. They had a little six zero run. Just started. It was like, okay, here we go. Um, and Ant at one point was eight of ten, and he missed like the next ten or eleven shots. Just, just couldn't get the damn ball to go in. Um, there was an offensive fall on Cat late, um, and they just Brooklyn kept chopping away at that lead. You could say, you know, another bad call here or there, but in the end, they did get the job done, and. Um, the cat to Rudy, which I'm sure this this was not the play that they drew up, but the cat to Rudy that ended up being the game winner. So that actually was like okay, interesting. Um, but that that the way they deed up, and like I said, the way Ant you know contained that ball and forced the dude just you know I mean he, he did reach there for a second. I thought oh don't call that, don't call that. But that was a phenomenal way to end. And, you know, when your shot's off, okay. It, it was weird to see him, him miss 10 or 11 in a row, but he still was tuned in and put his head down. And he deed up to close out that game. So now you're like 2-1, and one, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're doing okay, you know. And then San Antonio comes to town, my friend. San Antonio, which I thought would be a – well, I didn't think we'd be a, a convincing win, but I thought we should definitely beat them. We had a good record against them coming into the game, Chris. And I thought, you know, they came out, 
pretty well. Managed to get, I think, up to a 17-point lead in the third. I want to say, or maybe it was early third. Not quite sure, but a, a sizable lead. And then in the fourth, Chris, uh, a series of bad possessions, uh, a lack in defense, and, you know, Webb and Yamo doing a few good things. And um, you find them making a little run and closing out the fourth quarter in position to win the game. Um, there were some gaffes there, I thought, defensively. Um, a lot of standing around defensively, I thought I saw midway through the fourth. Um, and it looked like the momentum had sort of switched over to San Antonio a little bit when they started making shots. Um, disappointing loss because you had it again, like last week, games that you get up in the third were kind of, you know, those old school Wolves teams where they would, you'd think, oh, we're coming along because we're, we're ahead 15 going into the fourth. And then they, the other team chips away and ends up winning by 10. Now they didn't win by 10 San Antonio, but they did come back and get a win, which probably meant a lot to them. Um, although I think we were giving them that game and I don't see what the problem is in the fourth. Uh, you know, Finch might be, you know, going with the motion a little bit and not going with these design plays. You know, Chris, when we started this year's set of podcasts, I thought, well, you know, you got to kind of let them work this thing out themselves and what they're going to get and go to at times of need. And now I'm kind of siding more with you about these set play action plays that you're going to have to come in and, and stop the bleeding. Um, when it gets in a situation like that, you can't just keep going with the flow and a lot thinking you're going to get something out of it when either somebody doesn't want to take a shot, someone's getting doubled, uh, you got the wrong personnel in at the time. Um, spacing's terrible. You're going to have something to go to in times of need. And I really thought that was a glaring example in that game of uh, having that in your pocket, which isn't there. And I do get what Finch might be trying to do as far as. Uh, yeah, long term. You know, yeah, getting, you know, letting them work it out themselves. And I guess at this point in the season, it's a good time for that. Sure. But, uh, you know, I would, I would like to see some go to plays there. Might have saved you that, that one in San Antonio. Yeah, and Dane Moore this week addressed something that I thought was interesting. Um, he made a good point about it's not calling a play every time down the court. This isn't high school. Um, it's just not that. It's, that's not really how it goes, but it is running certain sets, you know, certain items, like just more structure to it. Okay, this is what we're going to focus on. Blah, 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 blah. So it, it's not just play calling like you're calling it up like in football or something like that. Or, you know, when you're a youngster, when they do call a lot more plays just to get a shot off. Well, we can get a shot for Cat and Rudy at any time. Or Cat and I, let me take that back. Unless it's a push shot. That push shot is pretty funny. Uh, but it went in for Rudy. But, uh, but Ant, you know, a lot of times we can, we can get him a shot, especially with Rudy screening. Um, I'd love to see the more, um, you know, we talked about last week, Conley with the pick and roll, pick and pop with Ant. That'd be a cool action. And then, you know, maybe some more Ant and Cat, since they both could do everything uh, offensively. Um, but, man, when you look at the – okay, so you're up by 10. It's a 10-2 run. At the 9-22 mark, it's a, it's a two-point lead, 92-90. It's like that, that lineup, they had Nas – Rudy, Slomo, J Mac, and Milton. I mean, in the NBA, you can get away with one non shooter. I mean, that's our starting lineup, right? But 
Rudy does so much other things, including help on offense as far as, you know, what he does. But, you know, you can't have two and then three. But to, to have four guys that are not competent offensively right now. Now, can Milton score, like, in his career? Yeah. Can slow-mo last year? Slow-mo, we talked about him being out of position. But last year he was hitting the corner three. Uh, he was just more aggressive. Um, and he'd take them. And it does seem like, I'll say this, the last few games, he's taken them. Um, and it's not a bunch of them. We don't need a bunch. But that lineup was just horrendous to start out with. And they took the lead by 842. 9.22 mark, two-point game, 8.42. They had the lead with the three. Um, we did miss some makeable shots, no doubt about it. Um, Cat had, like, three drives that he made some, a field goal. Nas, uh, nah hit a three, Alexander Walker. And, and Ant hits a three. It's 107-107-322 to play. Cat and Ant both had bad passes that returned uh, or that resulted in, in turnovers. Um, Ant had a layup and then hit a three. It was 112-112. And, um, you know, comes down to it, you know, McDaniels had a bad foul. Um, was, wasn't that great of a foul. Kind of a, you know, a boneheaded play there. So, in McDaniels did some stuff down the stretch. Um, when the double came, they had a screen with Rudy. When the double came, Ant picked up his dribble rather than continue to dribble. So it, it did make the defense adjust more. It was more like, all right, Cat, just throw it up. And he missed the shot. But when you look at it, once again, we could talk about these little, oh, he got fouled on that player or this wasn't good. And, you know, Cat missed the shot. We can we can break down the little stuff because, yeah, that stuff does count. If he hits the shot, they win the game. But, you know, if we don't turn the ball over, we don't do dumb fouls, and we just D up, it's a tie game instead. So it, it, it just has to do with the whole fourth quarter, man. And I did like how Dane said it's not just play calling like you got an offensive coordinator and you got a spreadsheet, right? You're, you're like, all right, we're going to, you know, but it is running sets. It is being comfortable. It, it's it's just more structure so they go, okay. And some of it is dumbing it down a little bit, you know. Yeah, well, that lineup, Chris, the Milton and, and Rudy and uh, Slow-Mo, I mean, that sounds like a, a lineup that you, you're up 20 and you're salting out a game, you know. That's right. what that sounds like to me. Maybe you got a little overzealous there and put that lineup out a little too early. You got to tend to run and now it's a ball game again. And guys who thought they were done for the night have to get their, you know, sweats off and back into the game, try to fix it. Um, look like sort of that situation. Maybe some of those mistakes came out of that. I don't know. I'm speculating, but I'm just trying to think of, you know, how that might have went down. Yeah, that, that was just uh, like you're not going to be, you know, perfect when it comes to lineups and all that we know that but man um that that lineup is just like whoo like what is going on um when you're already having problems now you want to switch it up but we talked about a lineup last week that seemed like it would fit more now without conley you know uh it did tweak our you know what we had to do and who we had to put in i do get that that is part of it but i'll say for another week you know Maybe we should try Troy, Troy Brown Jr. a little bit. He could shoot. Uh, he could drive. Um, I'm not saying he's going to organize the offense like Conley or nothing like that. Uh, but, you know, Conley played in the OKC game. 
uh, Conley played in that Clipper game. Even last year, down the stretch, we lost to Portland. We lost some games down the stretch that were just head scratchers with Conley, too. So it's not just, well, we just need Conley and everything will be fine. Um, it, he is out. I don't know how long he'll be out, but they are resting the hamstring, which just really screams that we need a backup point guard, whether it's on the team or not. Uh, something's got to get there. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, I did think Rudy had a great week overall. If you, Yeah, he was 11 of 14 from the free throw lines. Free throw line. Cat, besides some of the turnovers, had a great week overall. And even though we lost, Ant had an excellent game against San Antonio. 32 points, 12 assists, 3 to 1 uh, ratio when it comes to turnovers. And he hit 6 to 8 threes. And it wasn't six of twelve or six of thirteen. It was very efficient, as I mentioned that Washington, the, yeah, the Washington game. He got the line fourteen times, um, so he, he definitely, you know, he has little struggles of late. But this week, it really uh, it looked a little better that way. And, and like you said, the adversity, it, it was bound to happen. So we're either going to try to work this way through it. We don't have a back to back this week. Uh, there's only, you know, like a chunk of games left before we get a week off. So we're going to try some stuff, see what happens, and then be able to work on some stuff too um, for, you know, during the break, get some practice in and, and kind of really work some things because maybe that's – you don't really get many practices once the season starts. So I think that will be key because we had such a good training camp and we cemented some stuff that we really brought into the season to help. We do have an interesting week up coming up as far as like playing good teams. Um, now three out of the four are at home, so that does help, obviously. Yeah, I was just looking at the standings here and the and the, and the upcoming schedule. Um, I was going to say about the Troy Brown thing, Chris. Uh, you know, I think we came to the conclusion last week that the most important part of him playing would be to get Kyle back to the four. But now that we have Mike out for a little bit of time, you know, the Kyle's kind of that point forward thing. So it's really hard to get him back in his natural position because every time we try, something goes wrong and he's back where he started. And of course, I think Troy Brown Jr. Add a little offensive juice. If you get him back in work, the three, especially off the bench might help out a lot. Now coming week, obviously tonight, we're a big one with the thunder. You know, we can't shake them. They can't shake us. We're right there with them. Um, then we go to the Mavericks, um, and then the Magic, and then the Rockets, I believe. Yeah, Sunday. So that's what we're dealing with this week. Um, good teams. I mean, Thunder, obviously, we want this one tonight, and Mike's out. If we get it, um, I think it'll be an important win. Um, we've been playing pretty well against Dallas, Chris. Uh, I don't know what their injury guys or what they've done, how actually the last few games have gone, who's been out and who hasn't. But we've been pretty successful against them. Hopefully that continues. The Magic, obviously, we want to win there, and the Rockets, we want to win there. I, you know, I think that uh, depending on how tonight goes uh, makes the importance of the Magic and the Rockets a little bit more. But let's say you win tonight, uh, cross the fingers, and you can win against Dallas. Um, those have those are kind of the bonus big time games for the week, and yeah. I really think. If you can split those, that'd be great. Uh, obviously, winning both of them would be optimum. But you know, you also gotta. We've got to beat the Magic, and you gotta beat the Rockets. That comes, you know, part and parcel. Especially at home, all of that stuff. Especially at home. Um, 
And now I don't have the faith that they can just, I can't just say, okay, that's a win. That's a win anymore. I kind of have to look at like, okay, you know, is it a back to back? Are we coming in? Is it re at home? All these little things. Um, but I like three and one this week. Um, I would say four and oh, but I just don't know how they're going to respond to the Spurs loss and possibly a second loss to the Thunder. Um, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and say that we can, if we win the Thunder, we'll beat the Mavericks and hopefully beat the Magic. So I'm going to go three and one, possible two and two. If, if it's a extended bout of adversity, like we've been talking about, it'll be a two and two thing. I think we'll drop one to the, either the Rockets and the Magic and one to either the Mavericks or the Thunder. But I'm going to go three and one, be optimistic. I think four and oh is a little bit out of the realm of possibility or out of the realm of reality, maybe, or just asking too much. Uh, what do you think? I'm, you know, it's kind of the pivotal game is sort of tonight. It is, especially these first two, just in general. You're right. If even if we go one and one, I think that would up our chances to go three and one. That's where I was at three and one, maybe two and two. Orlando has lost. They they're three and seven in the last ten. Houston has lost nine of the last thirteen. So have we been struggling? Yeah, not quite like that. Um, now OKC may have gotten a spark in their ass uh, by losing to Detroit. Maybe that's not the best way for that to happen. Um, But just going back real quick, I forgot to mention this. You know, earlier in the season, midway through the season now, we were making that extra pass. And some of it is spacing and all that, no doubt. But, you know, lately, Cat has been taking more threes. And nationally, everybody wants them to shoot way less threes, even though they don't realize you know, up until the last two, three weeks, this was his lowest since 2019, shooting threes. Um, so we actually want, we need to spread the floor. That also helps. And, and maybe that will help shake, too, or a, a brown or whatever. You know, it spreads the floor. But when you look at it, I mean, you have Nas Reed shooting basically 41%, right, from the three. You have Towns shooting 43.6%. Okay, you have um, Ant thirty-eight point five, McDaniel's thirty-eight, Conley shooting basically forty-four percent, Alexander Walker basically thirty-nine percent, Troy Brown coming off the bench shooting thirty-seven, and, and McLaughlin's up to thirty-five. He has been hitting them a little bit better, but you have the shooters. We I think we talked about this two weeks ago. We have one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. I think we should, that's that extra pass, that extra pass, and, and I think at and cat can both you know learn from that. But it's also okay. Let, let's let's make the extra pass and let's knock them down too, because some of these fourth quarters we just haven't been knocking them down. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it'll be three and one, but it has to be at least two and two. We can't have no one and three or zero and four stuff. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so the Gophers, I mean. Dude, the free throws have been just a rough one, a rough one. I mean, 5-13, offense fell apart against Wisconsin. We were up 57-55 to with like 237 left. Um, you know, they started out that second half really well. They started the game, like, in the first half, 3-14 of 14 from three-point line. It was rough, but they had a good start to the second half. They had a good start to the game, and it just kind of fell apart. Now, um, you know, that that sucked because it really came down to free throws. But we haven't won in a scrappy Penn State arena in a while. And 
I liked how it was kind of weird, man. They started out, it was nine and f- nine to five, 16 to 10 at the 13 minute mark, back and forth, uh, next like five minutes, still up 24 to 18. And then Penn State went on an 18 to two run, 45 to 31 at half. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, but they hung in there. They didn't quit 25 to seven run. Next thing you know, with 13 minutes left, they're up 56 to 52. Under seven, they called a timeout. It was 66 to 59. And you're like, okay, we're hitting free throws down the stretch, um, just closing out the game. But, you know, I, I mentioned under seven. At the three minute mark, it was 70 to 70. I thought, here we freaking go again. But they stepped up the defense and they went on a 14 to four run to close the game out. It's been a long time since we even got a good road. Win. Well, this isn't a great road win. We did get one earlier against Ohio State, but we needed it really, really bad. Um, we have two home games coming up. We don't play till Saturday, so we got a little time to recoup, get mentally, you know, prepared, and then practice too. So Saturday and Tuesday, Northwestern, Michigan State, both scrappy teams. Northwestern is doing really good this year. Um, so hopefully they can get pain back. Uh, he was really playing well. He got a little banged up. But there's some positivities to take out of the Wisconsin game. It's just those last two minutes in the free throw. But we needed, like we said, let's stop the bleeding. And at least they did that, right? Yeah, get off this night. Look, this team's playing better, Chris. Um, I don't think they're at their peak performance. Obviously, Payne needs to come back. Um, but I thought they got a lot of confidence out of that game with Wisconsin. They brought it into the Penn State game. Um, I, I think that, you know, we're on the cusp here of actually being a competitive Big Ten team, but we're just not quite there yet. Either we got guys injured or we just don't have the personnel at the time. You know, Ben's got to do something here uh, when this season is done to infuse a little bit more talent. I kind of see what he's doing um, about, you know, he wants to build from the inside, and that takes a while. I get that. I understand that. It's a long process, and we all have to kind of be patient with it, um, like Iowa and those guys who build from inside. Those are, that's a long time to build to get that foundation, particularly now with how college sports is. But, you know, you, you would have won that Wisconsin game. It'd be a huge win. We'd have, uh, you know, there'd be a lot more to talk about at the moment, but a moral victory at Wisconsin is good enough for this year. And we'll take the victory at Penn State. We'll just take any victory we can get right now. Um, just for a confidence thing and let them know. But, you know, this is the second season where we kind of bottom feeders in the Big Ten. Looks like they're going to end up there again. Um, maybe not the rock bottom, but close to it. And uh, well, we got know. double the wins than we had last year. I think. Well, hey, you know, there's, there's always that. What's, I just uh, want to make the NIT for Christ's sake, Aaron. What's one times two? Is, <laughs> two double it up, man. I never thought two things. I never thought two things that I want fucking snow in the winter, yeah. and then I want to get to the NIT. I mean, that's our tournament for Christ's right. sake, Aaron. Right. We We're run the for- NIT, buddy. Yeah. We were saying NIT eligible is a goal for this year, and uh, you know, we need to be that, or it's just going to have to make some changes. I hope Ben can last if we're not in that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I guess I'm trying to look for the direction here, Chris, of what he wants to do. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's it's a slow build from, you know, inside the state and small school guys, and, you know, high school kids. And, but I'm not sure, Chris, with the state of co- college sports at this time, that that's the best plan now. Before NIL and all that stuff, sure, I can see that. But that's, you know, NIL has changed and the transfer portal has changed everything 
And it just seems like, well, what now? I mean, you know, we started this, this podcast talking about the Gophers under Patino. And although that had its frustrations, um, it was competitive uh, every year. And sometimes it flash up and have a pretty good year. Um, I'm just not seeing the building. And of course, we didn't always agree with Patino's building blocks either. I mean, he would get guys, never take insight guys, always way out of state. Um, but at least he had competitive teams. I just don't know with the talent that's coming out of Minnesota. You got to lock some of these kids down and you can't lock them down if you're not winning games. And it's kind of this uh, perpetual cycle here. And I don't want to talk about, I'm just keep talking about this 10,000 foot view of the squad because, you know, if you get, if you start to magnify in, there's just not a whole hell of a lot to see uh, as witnessed by uh, the way the season's going. Again, I'm giving them all the credit for that win at Penn state, but there needs to be more of them. You have to go in and, deal with, with Northwestern this week, who's a plucky club. And obviously Michigan State is not what it used to be, but still Michigan State. And then you follow that up with Iowa. These are, you know, these are teams you used to be competitive against. And now it's like you can't even really look at them and go, yeah, we got a shot against Iowa or Wisconsin or Indiana or, or Michigan. You know, uh, even Michigan's down and you're having a hard time. It's just, it's tough to. If you could, if I could sit down with Ben and he could say, look, this is what I'm doing. Check this, check box there, check this. Then I have a better understanding. But right now I'm just kind of like, what is going on here program wise and how are you going to win games through it, Chris? And that seems to be where I am uh, with the Golden Gopher basketball club. Well, I think he's done pretty damn good with the talent he got this year. Um, you know, those three out of the four freshmen. Because one of them left, but three out of the four, who's barely playing, by the way, at a lesser uh, program or, or conference, I should say. We can't be talking too much about our program right now, but a conference. Um, so those guys have been playing pretty good, right? And then he finally got most of his vets back too. Um, and then he, so he, he got guys that were already here. That they came back another year, so we we got like six seven dudes who actually played last year that got to play this year, which has been it sounds silly, but that you know it was such a bad start for him because he didn't have any head coaching experience that a lot of players dipped. So that first year, that was year you know not zero, it was probably negative one, right? To use the PJ flag year zero, but this year the two guards he got, one of them was leading the league in assists. I'm sorry, leading the country assist. Um, I like what he's got. He's got talent here now. There's talent on this team. Um, Now, we got to continue to see the improvement this year because, like you said, if we don't make the NIT, I doubt he comes back. Most guys will, as an assistant, stand out, and he did that, both at Nebraska and Marquette. He stood way out. The guy can recruit. Can he head coach in the Big Ten? Usually you go to a smaller program, you prove it, and then you get the, a big job. Uh, and this isn't the biggest job, but it is in the Big Ten. So this is a prove-it year, man. And if, and if they're not in the NIT, I don't think he makes it, man. I really don't. But I do like what he's done in this current team. And everybody on the team has eligibility. For next year, now will Garcia go pro if, if he continues to have a great season? And, and he's a, if they put him in the first round, right now he's not a first round uh, guy right now. But you never know as the season goes. Um, but everybody 
has eligibility next year, including those transfers. So this year and next year are just do or die for, for like you said, let's start to see the progress and not lose four in a row. Stop the bleeding early because, yeah, this is a, this is a huge year for him, man. It really is. I, I you know, it's a, it was a tough spot that first year, but you got to be more competitive uh, and have a competent offense down the stretch. I think that's sometimes the offense is just like, what's going on? Yeah, more than anything else, Chris. You're right. He has some talent. Um, that's not really the question. And I think if he had requisite talent, I think his teams would play well. I think it's getting uh, more talent and, and a higher level than, than what he's at is where he's struggling. Um, one, because you're not winning games, so that doesn't you know entice uh, high-end recruits to come your way. And you need to have them, especially nowadays. Um, it's just the way it is. He didn't have his prove it in the in the MAC or anything like that. Um, he came right, you know, from assistant to Big Ten job, and I guess there's a learning curve there. And so you get the year zero, and you know everybody bolted on him. I get all that, um, and so I'm willing to give him the benefit. I have been giving him the benefit. I don't know if this is the year, Chris, that if they don't make the NIT, I definitely next year, um, if they're still uh, not very competitive in the Big Ten for sure, he probably won't make it through the year if it starts out that way. Um, and that sucks because you're going to have to find a way to get some kids in here that can get your program going. I think you need maybe, you know, you're close. You're close. You just need to get a, a, a difference maker, a kid that can really, you know, turn turn the needle on this one. And it's just not quite there yet. I think if you build foundation, continue for fundamentals in your of your program and find that kid or a couple of them or maybe one person develops into that, um, then I think you got a chance here, but like I said, you know they could be turning the corner here. They could go beat Northwestern and Michigan State. Um, that's a possibility, and if they do, that's three in a row, and we're having a whole different conversation. And I hope that that's the case. Um, but it's proven probably at this point that that's a little optimistic, and you know maybe even get two in a row would be nice, or one out of, or you know two out of three ain't bad, you know as the saying. Right? Goes. Yeah, split, and then it'd be two out of three. That that'd be fine. But just show a little light at the end of the tunnel is probably what yes. you need right now. And, um, you know, it's not a hard team to watch, but it is, you know, it's difficult for me, like I say, to see the vision. And uh, although you do have some talent, um, you need to get a, a difference maker, I think, uh, a real, you know, player here. And I don't know what the recruiting looks like for next year, but I think you got to find somebody who can really uh, change the game, so to speak. Um, and you're not just, you know, whether that's a freshman or a transfer or whatever it is, um, or accumulation of guys that can do it. Um, I really think structurally it's okay. You know, offense looks decent. Defense looks uh, credible. It's just, you know, the guys, you got five to, to seven guys, nine guys that can make a lineup that, you know, gets you to where you got to go and got to make the tournament at some point. And, you know, at least have eyes on it and, 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 and I just don't see it, man. And that's the problem. I know um, we're patient here and we'll be patient with Ben because he's one of us, but man, you know, it, it's a long winter with a bad golden gopher basketball team. Yeah. I mean, as far as like college basketball standards, Dawson was all big 10 last year and he'll probably be it again. Um, Hawkins, might sneak in there just because of his assist. Now, Cam Christie is starting to come along, and he's a guy that could be the guy you're talking about. 
Payne and Ola Joseph, you know, they're they're still a work in progress. They, they you look and go, yeah, these guys have that potential to be an all conference player, but can they do it night in and night out? You know, we'll see. They definitely have games together now that a lot of this unit, Fox even had a good game the other night. Um, so they, they're starting to get a lot of, you know, time and reps under their belt. So we'll see if they can put it together and at least be, you know, play 500 ball down the stretch or whatever. Why don't you uh, get us out of here, sir? Uh, I'm mute again. This thing's killing me tonight. I, I, yeah. Clicking the wrong button on Uh You know, like you said earlier, if we're going to face adversity uh, with the Timberwolves, um, this is a good time to do it, and hopefully it's a learning process because when you get down to the, the stretch run of the season, you're going to need to know uh, what to do in some of these times. Games will be tighter, a little more competitive, and obviously when you get to the playoffs, that's a thing too. But I think, like you said, we're not looking for a championship this year. Some of you fans out there are a little overzealous. Let's try to get us in the top four, get a good seating going in, and not worry about a play-in game or something like that. Um, nonetheless, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, that's iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you get your Apple podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. Home base is Rope a Dope Radio. A lot of good content there. It's College Ball Show uh, being one of those. And um, let's hope that we see a turn in the Gophers play. We'll talk about it next week. Peace.